a person can take time to sit in a chair, go through a body scan um, exercise or a body relaxation or a short meditation. Those can be really helpful. And there are some um, wonderful apps that can help to guide with um, very soothing background music um, and help to guide a person through a body relaxation or a meditation. So those are some of the tools in the immediate while we're on a shift that we can employ um, to help us through the, through the day. Welcome to the Mind Your Body Show, where you'll learn how to get your mind right so that your body will follow. I'm Trudy Stone, certified culinary nutritionist, TV guest expert, and author. After self-hacking my mind and body to lose 30 pounds, I now help busy, overwhelmed women use stress as their superpower so that they can rise above it and become more calm, resilient, and physically fit. Each week, not only will you learn nutrition and stress management habits, you'll also learn about the power of food to enhance your mental and physical well-being and how to overcome your battles with living a healthier lifestyle. The secret to eating healthier, improving your mood, and increasing your energy are not only about what you put in your stomach, it's also about what's going on in your brain. So congratulations on showing up. I promise to support you on your health journey with every single episode. Let's begin. The holidays are that time of year where we tend to be more naughty than nice when it comes to our diet. Wondering if it's possible to indulge in holiday treats and still maintain your weight and health? You're in for a treat with my free holiday blends ebook. This free ebook contains five delicious holiday dessert inspired smoothie recipes. Trick your taste buds, manage stress, and those sugar cravings with these holiday comforts in a glass. Starting each day with a smoothie is a great way to control your calorie intake and help you to manage your weight over the holidays. You can grab the free guide over at trudyestone.com forward slash holiday smoothies or by clicking on the link in the show notes. COVID-19 has traumatized the world, but no group has been more impacted than frontline healthcare workers. After months of battling the pandemic with no end in sight, they're facing unprecedented levels of stress, depression, anxiety, hopelessness, and increasingly post-traumatic stress disorder. That's why I've invited a very special guest to the show today, Dr. Diana Hendel. So Dr. Diana Hendel is the author of Trauma to Triumph, a roadmap for leading through disruption and thriving on the other side. She's an executive coach and leadership consultant, former hospital CEO, and author of Responsible, a memoir, a riveting and deeply personal account of leading during and through the aftermath of a deadly workplace trauma. As the CEO of Long Beach Memorial Medical Center and Miller Children's and Women's Hospital, Hendel led one of the largest acute care trauma and teaching hospital complexes on the West Coast. She has also served in leadership roles in numerous community organizations and professional associations. She has spoken about healthcare and leadership at regional and national conferences and at TEDx SoCal on the topic of childhood obesity, small steps, big change. Most recently, along with Mark Golston, MD, Diana Hendel has written a new book that speaks directly to healthcare workers and offers them hope for healing from PTSD. Why Cope When You Can Heal is an essential resource for doctors, nurses, paramedics, and other healthcare professionals and the leaders who support them as they navigate the traumatic stress they've experienced and continue to face. It shares treatment options along with exercises, tools, and tips that frontline workers can start using today. Welcome to the Mind Your Body show, Diana. 
Oh, thank you, Trudy. Really happy to be here with you. Yeah, I'm so happy to have you here. And we were just chatting actually before we hit record. And I was mentioning to Diana that my sister is actually a frontline healthcare worker. So, you know, I'm also really interested to hear what Diana has to say here on the podcast as well for tips that I can do to support, you know, my sister um, in the hard work that she's doing on the front lines. Mm -hmm. So Diana, tell us, oh, go ahead, go ahead. I'm just so intrigued to hear about your sister and what her experience has been. I can imagine that for her on the front lines, it's been really grueling and, and uh, really stressful for her. So my heart goes out to her and certainly to your family for supporting her. Yeah. Yeah. And she actually works at a hospital that just went through another lockdown. So here in Toronto, we've just entered another lockdown, another, I think about a week ago now. So, you know, she was just telling me yesterday when I was speaking with her, just, you know, what she has to go through to even get into the building. Um, And she can't even wear the same mask that she wears in her car that she wears when she gets into the hospital and all of these things. So it's just, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been a lot for her, for sure. For sure. Yeah. So Diana, tell us a little bit about your background and what you're up to in the world. I started actually as a clinical pharmacist. Uh, My background in training is in pharmacy. And I spent 27 years in an organization and grew as a leader and as a clinician in that organization and um, served at every level of leadership in a hospital and a healthcare system. Uh, The one you mentioned, Long Beach Memorial and Miller Children's Hospital on the West Coast of California. And eventually became the hospital's CEO. Uh, So I had the privilege of serving uh, a very large organization. Uh, We were a cornerstone of the community, served as an educator, certainly a provider of care, uh, certainly a trainer of medical uh, personnel. So it was really a calling, um, if you will. I loved being part of a group that was there for others um, that were really clear that on any one day, we were going to be caring for people on the best day of their life. You know, at any one moment, someone was delivering their first baby. And at that moment, perhaps another family was dealing with the most difficult or most traumatic day of their life, the passing of a loved one. Um, So that privilege, holding both of those, was really quite a privilege of having a a calling for caring for other people. So I spent 27 years in an organization. Um, I ended up retiring early. um, And actually, it was about six years after a traumatic workplace shooting. Uh, about six years after that shooting, I decided that it was time for me to step aside and, and take care of the PTSD that I had and that um, I needed to recover. And so I, uh, I took a leave and fully recovered and then decided to go back into the workforce and put those 27 years of experience to good use by helping other organizations and other leaders, uh, particularly navigating traumatic situations, but also everyday leadership. As you can imagine, hospitals and healthcare systems by their nature are uh, very intense and stressful environments. Um, So being able to help other leaders is my second calling. And as you mentioned, um, I connected with Dr. Mark Golston, and we today are publishing Why Cope When You Can Heal, and a book specifically for those on the front lines who are navigating the traumatic stress of the COVID pandemic. So, wow, Diana, that is an incredible experience. I'm sure that was definitely life-changing, you know, going through that workplace shooting. And, you know, I'm so glad to hear that you've kind of channeled that. And now you're using that as a way to help other people. And I love what you said when you said that, you know, 
caring is your calling. I love that. That's, uh, you know, that's something that I'm actually going to take notes on myself as well, because I've been through things in my life as well that I could probably use to help other people for sure. So let's talk a little bit more about, you know, frontline healthcare workers that are struggling to cope with COVID. Um, You know, as essential workers, they're still expected to show up and do their work. So what are some simple things that healthcare workers can do to help to bolster their mental health while continuing to help their patients? Yeah. You know what I'll first off is that we often think that healthcare workers are accustomed to seeing death and traumatic stress. And yes, that does happen in a hospital. And of course, healthcare workers are amongst the most resilient, the grittiest, the toughest, the strongest people people will ever need uh, ever meet uh, emotionally. So first off is that even though they're so strong and resilient and gritty, they the effects, the traumatic effects of this COVID pandemic have been enormous. And so it would be understandable that they would struggle with that traumatic stress, um, either acutely or chronically. So what's really important is if someone's not currently struggling, is helping them to develop daily habits. And when I think of habits, I don't think of habits that we institute that just become so automatic that we're not intentional about them, but that habits that we become that we become accustomed to, but it can become very intentional. That we are aware of why we're um, practicing a particular habit. So certainly, sleep and food and exercise um, is really important and more important than ever for healthcare workers. And it's tempting to skip sleep. It's tempting to you know eat fast food. Of course, it's tempting to use too much alcohol when people get home or other substances. But this is a time where intentionally being very uh, attuned to getting enough sleep, eating the right foods, uh, getting exercised. So having that that as a basis is extraordinarily important. And it's important for all of us. The other, though, is having a regular practice for healthcare workers at the beginning of the day and at the end of the day and throughout the day, if possible, of grounding, um, being able to ground back into their circumstances, refocus on what's important and what matters and purpose in life, um, perhaps anchor in the moment of what they're there to do, um, why they're pursuing a healthcare career, what their calling is, um, the, that nobility of being able to be there for somebody else as difficult as it is to care for someone that how it's a privilege to be caring for others when they're, when they're ill. Um, so those are important practices. Certainly a daily practice of breathing. I think for many of us, we forget to breathe. Mm-hmm. I know for me, sometimes a whole day would go by and I wondered, had I ever even taken a breath? Mm-hmm. So that daily practice of being very intentional and conscientious about breathing, um, a body scan of where am I holding tension? So those are some of the practices that are really important um, for all of us, but in particular for frontline healthcare workers to participate in, if they're not already doing, to institute immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the other things that I talk to healthcare workers about is, and, and this really is related to the pandemic, um, do they know their triggers? Do they know what is uniquely upsetting to them? Can they talk about it? Are they? Can they write about it so that they're aware that those events or those circumstances, those stressors, 
are apt to trigger them. It may not prevent a trigger from happening, but it can certainly help them be aware that it might be coming and help them to not be caught as surprised by a trigger. The other practice that's really important during this pandemic is for healthcare workers to be able to express their feelings. We so many times have to repress or suppress our feelings just to get through the day, and that's understandable. Often it's hard to hold a feeling and action at the same time, but being able to daily take the time and express how we're feeling, um, express cry even if, if, if necessary, release that energy, release the feeling, um, let it out, not just push it down. And so those are important practices to be considering every day. Um, I know some people who go through a ritual the beginning of the day and the end of their day, and some nurses that I'm um, working with closely, they express that they write and talk about their feelings and most of them cry a little bit every day, but it's not a crying that is an ending. It's a release kind of crying and something that they found have been really, really helpful. And we don't think of crying as being often a tool. We think of it as being a sort of a symptom. Mm-hmm. But or even a weakness, right? Or a, weak, a weakness for sure that, gee, I shouldn't cry or hold those tears back. And I think the physical act of crying Um, when intentionally done, can be really cathartic and really helpful. I think sometimes we think that if we start crying, we won't be able to stop. Mm -hmm. But so often that's not true, that we're able to release and our body releases that that stress. And so it becomes kind of a siphoning, if you will, that ability to cry and to let those feelings out. Um, Having coworker support groups is really important. Um, And being able to know what you need. So for example, if you and I are paired and working together, each of us sharing when I'm stressed, what, what would be helpful to hear from you? And also what don't I want to hear? Mm. And conversely, what would be helpful for me to say or do for you when you're stressed? And what might you not want me to do? Because I think sometimes it's different for different people. Um, Some of us want to be Told it's going to be okay. Some of us want to be have give a or be given a pep talk. Um, others just want empathy. Others, you know, I would say, Trudy, I just want you to tell me. I know how you feel. I understand. Um, I'm not going to try to fix it for you. I I just understand you. Um, but we're all different. Until we express that to each other, um, that's how we can really be helpful to to one another as coworkers. And then certainly, I think it's really important for healthcare workers, um, if they ha- have access to a mental health professional, to touch base with. Um, there's a lot of stigma around seeking mental health, around seeking mental health care, and I think that this is a time where people can see its value to ha- have connection with a professional who can help and to guide them, where they can express their thoughts and feelings in a very safe and confidential and private environment um, can really be something that's an important part of our our everyday um, practice. 
Wow. Diana, you've just given us so many amazing tips. I hope all the listeners are, you know, really listening to this and even taking notes. I should be taking notes myself right now. Um, You touched on so many things there. And I liked uh, when you talked about the breath and breathing. And so often we forget to breathe, you know, whether we're healthcare workers or not, like so many of us just forget to just tap into the power of our breath. And when we take that time to breathe, it actually activates that parasympathetic nervous system. And that's the part of the body that's that rest body, right? And it's important to, you know, check in with that part by, you know, using our breath. So I love that you mentioned that because that's so something that's so simple that we can do in the moment. And even expressive writing, you talked about that. And I've talked about this before in my podcast. This is something that's helped me um, get through some traumatic experiences in my life as well. Just doing the expressive writing, because sometimes you know, we want, we might want to journal, we might want to write, but we're just intimidated by looking at like a blank sheet of paper. Um, and that's why I like expressive writing because with you, when you with expressive writing, you actually have like these writing prompts and it starts mm-hmm. to jog, you know, all of those thoughts that are in your head and getting them out of your head and getting them onto paper. So you're not working out everything in your brain because that just creates more anxiety. I think when you're just trying to work out everything in your brain, rather than talking it out with somebody or just, you know, actually writing it out. Right. And you'd be surprised at some of the things that come out of your head when you start putting that pen to paper and the release that you feel afterwards. So such amazing tips. Thank you so much for sharing those. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, so much is um, expressing, letting our bodies release some of the tension, um, you know, inspiring air um, mm-hmm. and being able to ex- exhale um, so much of that mind-body connection and releasing the tension as much as possible. and through those, those tips. Um, and you're right. Sometimes when we're presented with a blank piece of paper, we think we have to write a perfect paragraph or, and instead it's just expressing those feelings, letting them out. Um, yeah, it was really such an important part of our practice. Absolutely. The holidays are that time of year where we tend to be more naughty than nice when it comes to our diet. Wondering if it's possible to indulge in holiday treats and still maintain your weight and health? You're in for a treat with my free holiday blends ebook. This free ebook contains five delicious holiday dessert inspired smoothie recipes. Trick your taste buds, manage stress, and those sugar cravings with these holiday comforts in a glass. Starting each day with a smoothie is a great way to control your calorie intake and help you to manage your weight over the holidays. You can grab the free guide over at trudyestone.com forward slash holiday smoothies, or by clicking on the link in the show notes. So Dana, I want to talk now about some like in the moment things that healthcare workers can do um, because healthcare workers listening to this right now, they know they can't just stop, you know, during the middle of their, their shift because they're stressed or they're feeling anxious or exhausted, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they should, you know, continue on the, their, their day suffering throughout the day. So what are some quick and simple things that healthcare workers can do in the moment to ease stress and anxiety so that they can keep going and make it through their work day? Well, so much, so much of what you said is true. They can't just um, disappear. They can't just leave their shift. Um, they need to stay in the moment. At the same time, continuing to just repress or suppress those feelings um, can cause harm. So a lot centers around breathing. And again, when we're stressed, when we're traumatized, we tend to hold our breaths. And, and so immediately uh, when we're triggered, 
that ability to begin to breathe, that ability to take several deep breaths to move into perhaps a box breathing. Um, so for example, uh, breathing in to a count of four, holding your breath for four seconds, letting it out for a count of four, and then a pause for four. So move, taking several deep breaths and then moving into box breathing can be really helpful. It doesn't take very much time. Within a good minute, you've reset um, your nervous system. You've calmed. Uh, you've begun to, to counter what you're seeing and experiencing. So that's a cornerstone is breathing. Um, without breathing, without that connection to your body, uh, makes it really difficult to outthink the stress. And most of us try to outthink stress. We all mm. do. Um, we try to fix it. And there's a place for processing. Uh, but that comes later. And in that moment, breathing, if we can do just one thing, that breathing is is so important. The other um, and second thing is grounding. And that practice of grounding that people can do every day, but bringing um, an immediate grounding or anchoring. Um, some people I know have a token. So for example, I have a token. I have a necklace that just has um, a little saying on it. and an image of my children. And so I will sometimes in that moment, it's an anchor. So if I'm triggered, I can't leave the situation. I can reground and anchor um, as I'm breathing. So those are two things that in that moment can bring our minds and our bodies um, back to the present. Sometimes it is important with our coworkers to be able to say no, and we're so overwhelmed that we do need to go into the supply room um, or go into uh, another room and take a moment um, and separate. Um, certainly not abandoning our patients and, and no one ever does that, but knowing that, gee, I might need two minutes to go into that supply room um, and, and maybe cry, um, maybe release the, body ex the body's um, stress can be really helpful. Um, again, that buddy system with our coworkers or uh, what Dr. Mark Golston in our book calls having a fire team. Um, and often our fire team is our coworkers. Um, healthcare workers are very bonded uh, with their coworkers and have very close um, relationships and friendships um, and trust. And so um, the ability to talk about how we can help each other um, becomes really important. And I see that in my practice um, every day. And you know, as we say in trauma, no one would ever want to go through trauma, but they also experience sometimes the very best connections and the very best of humanity um, during trauma. And so tapping into those connections, tapping into that camaraderie, tapping into that purpose can be really important in the moment. Um, and often our coworkers need to help us do that. If we can, Step away for longer than a couple minutes and take a quick walk, a brisk walk um, outside, something to reframe our experience so that we're looking at different sights, um, being aware of different smells, um, touching different fabrics. Those kinds of things, um, resensitizing, if you will, can help to bring our body and our mind um, back to the present. Um, and help in that immediate um, post-trigger time. So those are some of the things that can be done in the moment. 
on a break, um, if a person can take time to sit in a chair, go through a body scan um, exercise or a body relaxation or a short meditation, those can be really helpful. And there are some um, wonderful apps that can help to guide with um, very soothing background music um, and help to guide a person through a body relaxation or a meditation. So those are some of the tools in the immediate while we're on a shift that we can employ um, to help us through the, through the day. And so much about remaining connected to our body, um, but remaining connected to others is so important. Um, many times people have been traumatized, become isolated over time um, because it is so difficult to express feelings and because when we're so tense for so long, we can withdraw uh, in plain sight. A lot of times people who have PTSD or suffer from traumatic stress, they're isolated in plain sight. And so uh, continuing to connect with other people on a deep and meaningful basis uh, is, is really both important for coping, but critical for healing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, so true. Such great tips. And I, you know, I really love the box breathing because that's something that I actually do myself as well. If I find myself kind of rushing through the day and I'm on back-to-back calls or back-to-back meetings, sometimes I just need to stop and just take a breath. And I do the box breathing because I find that's the quickest thing I can do in the moment just to help to de-stress and just to recenter myself. So that is an excellent excellent technique that you guys should try healthcare workers or not. If you're listening to this, please try that. Um, and grounding. And I love that you talked about grounding because this is something that I like talking about as well. And I was just on a TV show recently and I actually talked about this um, in Ayurvedic medicine, which is one of the body's, you know, oldest, which is one of the oldest whole body's healing systems. It teaches us that there's seven different chakra symbols. So the root chakra represents earth centered energy. Um, in Arabic medicine, it says when we eat these grounding foods, so these foods that are grown cl- close to the ground, it actually carries that energy and it passes on passes it on to you. So those are foods like you know sweet potatoes and carrots and beets and all of those foods. So you know even when you're packing your lunch as a healthcare worker, maybe including some of those grounding foods as well that kind of carry that energy. And like you said earlier, some of the other you know foods that you mentioned to just really help to de-stress your body, like dark leafy greens, which are high in magnesium, right? So just you know adding in foods like that as much as we possibly can for sure. I love that you say adding those in too, because one thing that I know um, happens is often at a nursing station, there's lots of um, donuts and treats and things brought in, Mm -hmm. um, special items brought in. And um, so when someone partakes, you know, and they eat too much fast food or donuts at the nursing station, um, forgiving themselves, of course, not beating themselves up, but then adding the leafy greens, adding Mm -hmm. the good foods that it doesn't, if, if in fact we've already partaken in the, in the unhealthy food, um, the counter is to add the healthy food, not to say, well, we'll do that tomorrow. Um, it's either, or, um, and so I, I think that, that reminding that it's addition, um, Mm -hmm. continuing to, to eat as many healthy foods as possible and forgive ourselves if we've had the donut at the nursing station. Right. Yeah, definitely. 
So I want to talk about this and you talked about this a little bit earlier, Diana, but I want to talk about how we can love and support those in our lives that are working in healthcare. So if you're a, a partner or, you know, a family member or friend of a healthcare worker, you know, you, of, of course you want to give them that support that they need, but you might not know how to do that. So how can we best support those healthcare workers in our lives during COVID? I'm so glad you're asking that. Um, they really are our heroes. Um, mm-hmm. These are folks that are there to, to help and care for all of us. Um, and they deserve um, our care and treatment in, in return. I think the single most important thing we can do for healthcare workers um, is to listen to them, to ask and to listen um, to what they're feeling, to let them express what they're feeling, to let them share what they're feeling without judgment, without trying to fix it, um, without just purely being a pep talker. Uh, We need to let them express what they're feeling. These are people who solve problems all day long. These are people who are by nature, very positive. These are uh, people by nature who know how to take care of others, but sometimes don't always take care of themselves. And so our ability to help and to empathize to listen to them is really important. I think it's um, important to help them so that they can express um, the ideas and the thoughts and the fears and the feelings and the concerns that they have. Um, That's the single most important thing that we can do as support people. In addition to helping them with all the other tips, um, if we can be the person at home that helps to pack a healthy lunch, um, that ensures that they have can have a, a uninterrupted sleep schedule if possible. If we can reduce the stress for them at home and in their families, that of course is extraordinarily helpful. Um, but being able to be there to listen to them is really important. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad you said that because you know, with those in our lives that we care about, of course, if we see that they're hurting. We want to fix them, right? We want to do whatever we can to fix it. So I love that you said, you know, just listening with empathy. And I think that's really important because I think they just want an outlet. They just want somebody to just hear and understand what it is that they go through on a day-to-day basis because they might not have that outlet at work to be able to do that, right? So certainly when they come home at the end of the day, you know, to have somebody to just, you know, have that ear for them and just have that empathy for them without that person feeling like they need to fix it. um, I think that takes the pressure off of both individuals as well. So I love that you said that those are some great tips in the sleep schedule, just making sure that, you know, that person has that uninterrupted sleep and, you know, helping to pack their lunches. I think that's, you know, that's great, great as well. Love those tips. It's really hard to be the person to listen as well. I mm-hmm. want to give a nod to that because it seems as though that would be, you know, easy to do. But as you say, it's hard to hear a loved one share some share their hurt. It's hard to hear it. We want to fix it. It's hard to bear witness to that. And so, um, but it can be one of the most loving and helpful and healing things that we can do for another person. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not easy to be that support person and to have to hear. Um, that hurt, that that is really hard to do. Yeah, definitely. So Dana, let's talk about your recent book. You recently co-authored the book, Why Cope When You Can Heal. So can you tell us a little bit more about this book? Yes. Um, I partnered with Dr. Mark Golston, who is a longtime uh, uh, psychiatrist, um, FBI negotiator, um, has had a lot of experience in dealing with PTSD 
and trauma and um, helping people through the most extreme circumstances of their lives. Um, so we were fortunate to collaborate, come together um, and create a book. When we wrote it, we finished writing it in mid-July. I think when we wrote it, we thought that the pandemic would sort of be on the backside. And we thought that this would be a really useful um, book for people who were then navigating the after effects of, of the COVID pandemic and the traumatic um, stress. Um, and of course, unfortunately, the pandemic has surged even bigger and even greater. And so I think the book will have far reaching um, need um, and, and be able to help a lot of people. We wrote it with frontline healthcare workers in mind. Um, we talk about the struggles that they have, partly to validate um, what they're going through, um, to normalize, if you will, um, so that others outside of healthcare can really understand what healthcare work workers are going through. Um, but then it's filled with lots, lots of tips, both for immediate stress reduc reduction, but also for the long term, and um, helping to to uh, destigmatize traumatic stress or the the uh, need for healthcare workers to seek help um, for um, struggles they may have in dealing with the emotions and the trauma of COVID. So that's why we wrote it, um, released uh, December um, today, in fact. And so we're really, oh, we're really proud of the, yeah, we're really proud of um, why we wrote it and um, its purpose. And we hope that it will really help a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I, I definitely think it will for sure. Again, like our health coworkers, they need as much support um, as they can get. So this book sounds phenomenal. Um, I think I'm probably going to get it for the healthcare worker in my life. Hope she's not listening to this because this is going to be in her stocking this year. <laughs> But yeah, um, it sounds like an incredible book and I'm so glad that you put this out. And although, like you said, we're not on the back end of it yet, we will be. And I think your book still offers a lot of tips for healthcare workers as they're still in the situation right now as well. So, you know, definitely make sure that you pick up that book for sure. And I'll make sure to put a link in the show notes for that. So Diana, I have a question and I'm, it's something that I'm asking all of my interview guests. And what is your favorite way to take care of your mind and your body? My favorite way to take care of my mind and body is hiking. Um, mm. I am an avid hiker, any weather, any conditions. Um, sometimes it's on the verge of a stroll and sometimes it's almost climbing. Um, but I love hiking because it'll, it forces me to breathe. So, cause I'm not an easy breather. I'm a breath holder mm -hmm. and hiking allows me to get into a rhythm, I have to breathe. I'm forced to breathe. It's also very meditative um, and puts me in touch with the natural world. Um, and I find that my mind doesn't wander. I can only be present when I'm hiking. Um, and so it's my single favorite activity to help my mind and my body. Mm, I love that. That's great. Yeah, because you have two in one. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Yes. I'm all for doing those things where you do one thing and then you get multiple different benefits, whether it's a food that you eat, whether it's, you know, getting some sort of movement, but also helps your mind as well. Like I'm, I'm all for that. Um, so yeah, that's a great one. That's one that I really like as well. I think fall is my favorite time of the year to hike when all the leaves are changing. It's cooler outside. It's not hot, but it's not too cold. So that's my favorite time of year to hike. So I usually get out in the fall as much as I possibly can. 
So Diana, if someone's interested in learning more about you and the work that you do, where can people find you? Uh, probably best find me on LinkedIn, um, Diana Hendel on LinkedIn. And um, I welcome people to connect. My contact information is located um, on LinkedIn. And I certainly welcome inquiries or connections. Um, I love meeting people from all over the world um, and hearing their stories. Um, Yes, that's a great place to connect. Perfect. Okay, so I will link that in the show notes for everybody as well. So you can check out Diana, you can follow her, you know, follow along with all the work that she's doing. Please make sure to go out and grab that book. If you have a healthcare worker in your life, you're looking for ways to support them and navigate them through COVID, um, please go ahead and pick up that book, Why Cope When You Can Heal, which is out now. I'll place a link in the show notes for you guys so that you guys can grab that. So Diana, once again, thank you so much for joining the Mind Your Body show today. You've given us some great tips, not only for healthcare workers, but how we can also support those healthcare workers in our lives who really are the heroes of this the story here, really the heroes of this pandemic. So, so glad that you were able to make the time to come on the show today and just offer us some tips for healthcare workers and how we can better support them. So thank you so much, Diana. Oh, you're welcome. And thank you, Trudy. It's really been a pleasure and great to meet you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Mind Your Body Show. I hope that you learned something new to help you transform your life and your body. For more after the show, make sure to head over to TrudyEstone.com. That's where you'll find all of the show notes. Also make sure to head over to iTunes to subscribe and leave us a rating to let us know what you thought about the episode. And remember, get your mind right and your body will follow. Thanks for tuning in.